The last time the party was on Egadon was before they had ventured into the realm of Miralag to dispose of his aspect that they aided in the creation of. However, the ethereal Anarhan intervened in their plans and transported them to the Twilight Eternal, where they were interned until Luna was able to pluck them from that ethereal prison and transport them to a mirror world of her creation. Traveling through that world, that other realm, the party was able to interact with godlike versions of themselves, and finally coming face to face with Luna, bring her to the recollection of all they had done, and with her help, transport themselves back to Egadon. Now, with a startling crack and a thunderous boom that reverberates throughout these subterranean channels, Beneath the University at Mainstay, Kelnies, Karagas, Luna, Val, Vamak, Mick, Brynir, and Rolandir appear in the summoning circle, shaken, unsteady, and unsure of their next moves. You are all dressed in whatever raiments you equipped yourselves with during your time in the Mere Egadon. Your weapons and armor that you'd fought the aspect of Miralag with are lying on the floor in heaps where you stood when you were originally transported. Dominique is nowhere to be found as well, right? That is correct. It seems that you were transported back, obviously, to where the last place that you were in the actual world of Egadon. So by a deductive leap, you may be able to discern that perhaps Dominique was also transported back to from where he was taken. It's unclear how much time has passed, as when you examine your items, your clothes, and such, a layer of dust has gathered. And strangely still, as Mick was the only one who briefly reappeared in this reality, there are piles of dust in the clothes and the armor and such beneath the weapons and all. Dust as in, like, disintegrated body dust? Of a sort, perhaps. Hmm... Well, I think we should probably not stay near the university, no? I am not entirely certain that... And Rolandier kind of is sifting through his old stuff, you know, realizing these large accumulations of dust and other evidences of decay. I don't know that anyone necessarily has us on their radar still. Does anyone feel as if a lot of time has gone by? Was this how it was when you appeared back here briefly, Mick? Yes, as I was telling you, this is exactly how I found it. Piles of dust, as you see. And Mick is going to actually lean down and first pick up his loot and his other belongings. Although I can say that one thing is certain. We're on somebody's radar. Vales. That's a good point, actually. Val, perhaps now would be an appropriate time to reach... Well, actually, and he kind of... Seeing all of his things and now finally setting back into really where they are and everything's starting to catch back up to them. I think we need to formulate a new plan where we are and what we're going for. I, I know that originally we were going for the Heart of the Void and perhaps that is still the best course, but last I remember Vale had the key, which is what we were looking for, and we needed something to do with Lady Quenberg after we had vanquished all the aspects, but to be honest, it's all still fuzzy. So I think that we need to regroup, pick a direction. Kelnius, who is, you know, up until this point, dead in this reality. (laughs) 
is still kind of just like patting herself and getting used to this new corporeal, actual real form. And she's like, well, I'll just say this one thing if my opinion counts at all. But if we're going to be dealing with Vale, I, I can get behind it. Though we don't have the greatest past, he and I, I think right now more than ever we do need a powerful ally. And if, as you say, the heart of the void is the ultimate goal, then who better than a wanton reality to perhaps throw the ethereals off our scent for a while? I think, regardless, Val had a good point. We need to get out of here, find our bearings, figure out just what's going on in the world, what the state of things is. If it is just as we had left it, or if things have moved on, times have changed, and then we can best figure out who to reach out to then. Are we concerned about leaving a trail of intent? For the time being, I think it best to avoid leaving too large of a footprint, yes. Is this rift opening a footprint? To look at Luna. <laughs> Luna, uh, kind of wide-eyed, turning her hands over. It's like, I, I, I don't really know. It's not something I've done before, and I couldn't even quite say it was intent. It was something, though. Something that they would be able to detect? I'm not sure. I just don't know. But here, at least... I think we're still masked. So if we were to use this, and she just gestures ambiguously to the teleportation circle, I think we could get one good last use out of it wherever we wanted to go. Well, Cat speaks up. Wherever you're going, I doubt you'd want me tagging along. Is he saying that to, like, directly to Luna, or is he saying that to the group? He's just kind of generally addressing everyone. We don't. <laughs> I understand that some of you find what I've done questionable, but never doubt that my motives were for the good of Egadon and for the good of you. And with that, he does give a pointed stare at Luna. Regardless, I can understand when we see things in desperate ways. And so I'll take my leave from you. Cad, and he takes a quick glance around the room, just looking at everyone. I know that the majority of us, not only between us and you, but there are multiple walls of division, I would say, between me members of this group. Things that have come and gone as we found ourselves in different situations. But one thing I think still stands true, and I think that is that all of us, each of us, shares that deep desire to do what is best for Egadon. Now, what that looks like going forward, and what choices we'll have to make, I'm unclear, but if you are willing to work with us, as any now, you know, directed towards everyone, as I think all of us need to remember, myself especially included, that we work best when we come together and formulate plans, ideas, and stick to them, then I think we can actually accomplish what we're setting out to do. But are these our plans, or his? Frankly, it might be smart to keep him close by. His actions have told me otherwise. I don't think we can keep him here if he wants to go. Uh, I by no means am saying you have to stay. I'm just saying I, for one, believe we could still use your help. Perhaps we have the same goals. Perhaps not. Regardless, despite whatever tensions may have boiled to the surface during our time in these other planes... I am not your enemy, and I will not act as such. Therefore, though I've said it in my mind, that I will take my leave. I will not work against you. Parallel, perhaps, 
when the time comes, maybe an ally once more. And what will you do in the meantime, Caddy? I will search for other means of bringing down those who no longer deserve the power they were given. And I fear that there were more repercussions than are readily apparent from our little bout in this mirror Egadon. Whatever Luna did, I think, has been felt the world over. In short, I should return home for a time, and I would suggest you all keep a low profile. Search, do what you can, consort with Vale if you so desire. In your search for the heart of the void, I wish you all the luck, but I will give you this one piece of parting advice. Keep your heads down. There are still forces at work against you. There are still godly forces at work against you. I cannot say for certain where you'll be safe in Egadon, but if you're willing to take a suggestion from a jaded old kin, I may have one. In the human territories, at the base of the mountains that form the middle of the fell, there is a great sea. In the middle of that sea are a series of islands. They are shrouded from essence, shrouded from the sight of humans and kin by intent, or perhaps not even intent, but magic, true magic, unknown to us. And there you will find beings who will shelter you and may expose you to some ideas that were previously unheard of, at least within the fell that you know. We will consider it. He looks at Luna, just like very intently, for a few silent seconds, the same sort of expression that any of you have when, say, Val or who else performs a message or a sending spell. And then she just gives a slight nod, and he gives a slight nod, and then he starts to walk away, his footsteps just reverberating off these stone, echoey tunnels until they fade completely. Val will offer his hand to Luna. She'll take it. Rolandier lets out a deep exhale. Well, now that we're rid of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd never leave. <laughs> well, that is at least one piece of information that we could act on. I'm not saying we have to do that by any means, but oh, I'll be honest, I didn't have any better ideas of where we should go. For Mark, what was the uh, content of your deal with Lady Quinnberg? Overall, the goal was to dispose of the Valors, well, the aspects of the Valors. In an attempt to weaken Vale, or weaken Vale's grasp on Quenberg, she would assist myself in obtaining the key to the tomb where the Heart of the Void resides. And this is a key that Vale has? Indeed. And it is one that I do not believe he will be so easily parted with. No, but perhaps he could be persuaded to use it. Do you want to goad Vale? Kelding has kind of just shakes her head in disbelief. No, not gold, but he is a man who enjoys making deals from time to time. I'm sure I can persuade him. And Mick winks at Val. (laughs) (laughs) Rolandier gives Mick quite the look. (laughs) And Mick gives him a delicious smile back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
I gotta go home. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. You know what? I'm leaving it in there. I'm not even getting a wreck on that. <laughs> Cannon. Oh man, I love it. Anyways. Then perhaps I, if we want to visit this place that Cad mentioned, we could make that a base of operations. I don't know if it's too far removed from other things, but if we only have one use of this circle, we should make a good choice. Yes, it would make sense to at least find it initially. We just have to have a way of safely making contact either with Vale or Quenberg or whomever we choose to reach out to first. Ideally, it would not alert them to our position there. So it could be a... It could be a tedious process if we do not choose our moves carefully, but I I feel that it would be best to at least explore the option that Cad mentioned first. Kelniace nods in agreement and then, kind of just pacing back and forth, she says, I think it would still be wise, however, if someone were to stay on the outside. I mean, first and foremost, there was that Talik boy that's now caught up in this whole mess that's obviously not here, but then at the same time, we need to figure out what's been going on since we were gone. Obviously, a lot's been going on since I was gone, but I think a lot's been going on since you all were gone as well. I'm familiar, to an extent, at least in the realm of stories, to these with these islands that Cad speaks of, and the creatures that inhabit them. I believe I would be able to find my way there, even without some kind of hokey teleportation. And regardless... I can merely travel to Kinlands and transport myself if need be. The monasteries of my people are well equipped for such things, as you all remember well. Hokey. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me, it's just how humans view things, backwards and all. Now, I do think that it would be wise to leave someone who, if (laughs) chance should lead us back to Dominique. The poor lad's probably scared witless by this point, but... Yes, we need to know what's going on in the outside world, and it would be conspicuous for us to go gallivanting around in our large group together. I'm not opposed to Kilnea staying behind and outside of our initial exploits. Does anyone have any reasons why she should not? No. And you'll find us eventually, right? Of course. So long as you stay on the aisles. I don't know that we can make promises there, but I can contact you. True. Very true. She is the one that keeps coming back from the dead, so she may be our best option. (laughs) I was thinking as well. In my time away, I could perhaps peruse Mainstay a little longer. Our, if you remember, long-lost friend Lyrian hasn't been heard from in quite some time. Perhaps in whatever mission he's been doing for Vale, hopefully long since past, we could have a bit of an in with that dreadful Valor Lord. I think that's an excellent idea. Just be careful not to use intent. Please, darling. Look at me. I don't need intent. That <laughs> 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 well, kind of raises an eyebrow at the fact that she is Maskin and would stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah, literally has intent etched into her skin. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. And if possible, keep your eye out for Dominique. I would hate for him to be with the Magisters. I imagine he would not do too well showing up out of the blue. No, I don't particularly think so. Do you suggest that we actively look for him, or that Kelnies actively look for him? In my estimation, the boy would be better left out of all this. 
Yes, I agree. He doesn't seem to be one to fight. I am not saying that we should actively go look for him. But it does not hurt to keep your ears and eyes open. He is just a young man. And we have accidentally thrust upon him some notoriety. Luna squeezes Val's hand, lets go, and steps forward a bit. And she says, Dominique is good. And he has a noble heart and noble desires. And I believe if he were given the choice, he would choose to help us. You're right, Brynir. Perhaps we've thrust upon him something unwelcome. A burden, a responsibility, a simple knowing of what's truly going on. But I don't think he'd be the type to ignore it. From what you were able to see from Dominique, Luna, perhaps you could give Kelneis an idea, at least, of where he might be. Yes, I'll do my best. All right. Then, I think with that, we should be off before we make too much more of a ruckus down here. Kelneis, whether you're going to teleport somewhere else here in Mainstay by, via this portal, or walk out like Cad, I don't know what you'll run into that way, but we will see you on the other side. I'll work my way out of the city. Don't you worry about me. Quick question. In the mirror realm, I can't remember if I had it in the Twilight Eternal, but at one point Rolander got it, got his hand back. Does he still have it, or when now that they're back in Agadon, is it... You are missing your hand okay. again. Oh, is Vamak missing his eyesight then? Correct. Then after kind of gathering up the few pieces of his armor and whatever weapons that he had left on the ground there, giving them a quick once-over, making sure that nothing was too decayed or damaged, uh, Rolander takes a look at Luna, the rest of the group... And I think we should be off. Mick, before this, is going to come towards or is going to walk towards Kelniace if he wasn't already right next to Kelniace. He's going to put his hand on her shoulder, uh, kind of waiting for a little bit of a response. She looks at Mick. And then he's going to say to her, you best return to us this time. All right. Oh, you can't keep me down forever. (laughs) Mick chuckles and will take his place in the summoning circle. Uh, uh, before before you do, like as you kind of pull away, she'll she'll pull you into a hug. Oh, sorry, very emotional this week. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> um, Mick will gladly embrace Kelnie's back and has a jolly disposition and smile and will release from Kelnies and give Kelnies one last smile and will nod and will turn to his position in the summoning circle. Kelnies is just standing at the edge of the circle as everyone kind of gathers into their assembled spots and Luna directs everybody. Wait, before we go, Lamarck, will you be okay? Is your mind back? You did Happened to stab Rolandia before. He happened to, quote unquote. I just happened to. Whoops! Whoops! Oh, <laughs> oh my demon arm slipped. <laughs> my bad. I guess that is kind of how it happened, though. Rolandia's shoveling his innards. Let bygones be bygones. <laughs> <laughs> Although my current appearance may not suggest so, it would seem that I am back in control. But perhaps when we reach our destination and can experiment more freely with intent, it may be a wise idea to put certain countermeasures in place in case I were to lose control of myself. And what do you suggest those countermeasures be? We can solve that when we get there. Then yes, at that, Luna will... 
again, continue directing everyone into their spots. Calneas just kind of leans against one of the side walls, arms crossed, looking on, encouragingly, as Luna begins a small chant, and the teleportation circle and its various runes and sigils begin to glow and shift. You just hear from over your shoulders and see a little wave from Kelnies. Now don't have too much fun on your little vacation. It won't last forever, you know. We'll be back in the thick of it before long. And with that, just in a snap, everyone is transported into the same energy that you saw Luna use when you escaped the Mirror Realm. You're exposed to this brightness. You feel this warmth, this heat. For those who've gone through the rift, it's incredibly similar, but just a different palette of colors. And then, darkness. Slowly, you start to come back to consciousness. You feel warmth, grainy sand beneath your fingers. You hear waves lapping calmly upon a beach. Seagulls and other birds chirping in the air. And an air of general calm. As you come to, each of you, face down on a beach... Looking up, you don't see, honestly, much of anything in any direction of the horizon, save for what you can only assume is the west, where you see the distant peaks of the great mountains that stand in the middle of the fell. Large ferns and subtropical trees populate a line of greenery that blocks your view of any inland part of this isle. Beach episode. Gnarly! Rolander strips to his skivvies and hops in the water. I guess what time of day is it? It seems to be just before noon, judging by the position of the sun alone. Well, perhaps we should find someone and make ourselves known. Yes, that would be best. Luna kind of gets to her feet, wipes the sand off her trousers and such. Rolling onto his back from where he was face down in the sand, Rolander just kind of sits for a couple seconds and just breathes in the air. He's kind of feeling around him because, you know, in the mirror dimension, there was kind of that weird extension of intent where it felt a little bit more powerful uh, in the Twilight Tree. He's been through a lot of weird things as far as the essence of the world is concerned. He's just kind of feeling for that good old solid Egadon intent feeling. And does he have that here it feels different separate not like in the twilight eternal where you were completely cut off and not like in the mirror realm where it was so close you were breathing it but not like on Egadon where it populates every living thing though this place is obviously teeming with life and essence abound it just feels different as if you couldn't just rip energy from any rock or tree that you saw around you there's a general distance to it all. Feeling this, Rulandir sits up from his back, and he's just going to try to cast like a small light cantrip in his hand. You're able to do so. Okay. Okay. He does that and then stands up and just kind of brushing some sand off of himself, says, well, whatever Cad and Kelneas were saying is right. This place does feel different. We're in Egadon, to be sure, but it doesn't feel like Egadon entirely. I think we should go and find something. Nodding at Val, who had kind of suggested that first. Well, I don't know about you all, but I'm quite spent. Having a ceiling collapse on top of you takes a toll. And Brynjir, from his his stomach-ish, kind of just flips over onto his back and continues to lay there. 
Brunier, should we should we find shelter or something? Or is someone on this island before we take a rest? I'm sure whoever lives here would be a bit more hospitable than a beach and some palm fronds. I say we let dehydration and seagulls take him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and Vamak actually, like, even through his gnarly visage, he cracks a little bit of a smile. <laughs> Perhaps we could send an advance group to meet whomever lives here, and once we know that we are going to be welcome. Yes, and that way we don't expose Brynjir to more undue strain than he's already experienced, and he kind of pats Brynjir's shoulder as he stands up. You know, perhaps if you did some of your intent, I'd feel much better. I mean, you got stabbed through the chest, and... So did I. Well, that was your own fault. (laughs) Yes, let's all compare injuries and tragedies. Good idea. I will summon Vakos and have him scout ahead. What an excellent idea. If not, I can carry you, dear Brunier. That is something I would like to see. I hardly doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Suit yourself. As Vamak is summoning Vakos and they're having this bit of banter, Rolandir does approach Brynjir and he's going to just place his hands on the most grievous part of Brynjir's injuries and he's going to expel... He's going to give him like 60 HP. With his lay on hands pool. I'm at 62 HP, guys. You had 2 HP? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Truly teetering on the edges of unconsciousness. Having been healed, Brynir will look at Rolander. Thank you. I think I should be able to go on now. Good. I believe I have found a path. Then Rolander kind of extends his arm out towards Vamok and just says, lead on then. So Vomak's just going to head off towards the jungle with surprising grace for a blind man, but he hasn't forgotten all his tricks. And he'll lead everybody to a small little trail. Looks like it's kind of a game path, but perhaps just a little bit more well-traveled than that. Um, And it just leads deeper into the forest. After a few minutes of walking, you start to hear the steady thwack of wood being chopped. And also the sound of rushing water. It isn't long before you come across a little stream that seems to have branched off from a larger river, and just up that river, you can clearly see a small kind of mill. As we are approaching, Vamak is going to use his Eldritch Invocation, Master of Myriad Forms, to change how he looks into, like, Mazkin Vamak. A good plan, not to lead with this terrifying creature coming out of the woods. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I may be an eldritch abomination, but I assure you, quite proper. (laughs) Looks can be deceiving. (laughs) Unless uh, I get a little cuckoo up here, in which case they're not very deceiving. (laughs) In which case they are 100% accurate. Watch out for your innards. Um, (laughs) Looks can be deceiving. But so can I. (laughs) (laughs) As you approach the mill, you see a a creature of almost an insectoid variety, but quite burly in its build, like if you mixed a beetle and a bear. And it's just chopping wood. I think Val comes to a dead halt staring at it. It's wearing a very simple tunic and like linen trousers, cinched belt, very plain. What does the matter, Val? I, I have seen something like this before. 
in the amber. Was it friendly? Well, it sort of enslaved me into hammering on a, a sword for eternity, so I don't know. You, you don't think I accidentally took us to the amber, do you? No, definitely not. I, I would know. Also, Morden would be there, so... Also, that place got freaking wrecked. Oh, yeah, um, we just... I hella destroyed that place. <laughs> <laughs> what realm haven't you left in tatters? <laughs> Egadon's kind of okay. Hello there. It looks up and sees you, though its facial expression is quite literally impossible to read, as it doesn't conform to, you know, human. Hey, it works great for Vamok. <laughs> Can you understand me? It chitters as it moves its little mandibles and little feelers in there, and then you receive a magical message within your psyche that says... Though I can comprehend the fellish tongue, I would rather not speak it. What are you doing on my lands? What is your kind doing on these islands? Is it just Vamok that hears this? No, it's all of you, but what's strange is for those who are, you know, adept at intent or magic and whatnot, you can tell, you know, like when Val casts psychic bond or when someone is sending or messaging, this is almost just as if they were speaking but without talking. We mean you no harm. We simply seek refuge. It was told to us that this place was shrouded from the prying eyes of the humans and the kin, and we hoped that we could rest and recuperate here. This is true. However, there are not more of you? There is one other of our group who does not travel with us currently, and perhaps she may try to find her way here, but presently there are no more of us. Do you know where you are? On an island. Do you know what I am? I have met one of your kind before. Have you now? Where? In a sort of sub-realm called the Amber. Interesting. Then you have dealt with what you call gods. We sort of explicitly deal with what we call gods, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I believe you will be of great interest to the village elders. If you wish to stay, I will take you to them. Otherwise, I would regret to ask that you depart from this place immediately. Lead us to them. Very well. It sets down its hatchet and just kind of beckons you over with a three-clawed hand. This creature will lead you past the mill, which looks to be of quite rudimentary construction, but efficient, simple. There's no garnish or, you know, embellishment to any of it. It's simply what it needs to be. And as you continue on up the river and eventually to a little wetland, almost like a delta, where some raised huts have been erected, you find a village of simple structures in that same Spartan style. Other creatures of this race, their gender indistinguishable to you, look on as you pass by, eventually coming to a sort of longhouse that uh, arches in a crescent shape, sitting in the middle of a circular plaza in the middle of this village that's arranged like spokes of a wheel. There's a large standing stone in the middle of the plaza, though it's completely bare and completely uh, not uniform, I should say, because it is rectangular in shape, like a monolith. But it's so precisely etched 
smooth and fine and sharp on the corners that it's almost inhuman. Obviously, some very uh, precise magic had been wielded to make it such. At least, you can assume. The creature stops there at the standing stone, simply looks up at it for a moment, and then gestures toward the crescent-shaped longhouse. says, You will find the elders inside. They are aware of you and await you. Thank you for your assistance. And Brynir will start heading towards the, the longhouse. I think it's safe to assume at least Mick will move forward, but I bet everybody else falls. Just this whole place, the way that Cad had spoken of it and Kalmaeus had spoken of it, it sounded like it was something of like lore or myth or legend or something. Rolander's wondering if there's anything that he had heard at his studies while he was in the Kinlands that even made mention of a place like this. Roll history. That's right. When's the last time you rolled a die? <laughs> Rolander got a 20 not natural on his history check. You are pretty certain that something like this never came across in your studies. Okay. Possibly just by relevance. There's no reason you would have looked into such things as this. But also, you were pretty studious and thorough in your learning during your time uh, being brought into the kid military structure. So, you're unsure. He logs that in his mind and just keeps on walking. Luna will actually just, like, reach out a hand and graze the standing stone. And she recoils a bit as her, her fingertips touch it, and then she lays her palm on it. She said, it's... it's... cold. What is it? I don't know. I feel like something's been lifted. I can't... And then she takes her hand away and kind of is clutching her hand to her chest and just looks askance at you and then nods toward the longhouse. We should probably go inside. All right. I imagine that everybody else is already in the longhouse and Luna and Val are their last ones to come in. As you all enter the longhouse, you're greeted by a trio of these creatures who look very similar to the one that greeted you outside and very similar to each other. It's difficult to tell them apart or what their ages are, and or like I said, if they have any gender to speak of. And their clothing is, though they may be the elders, as simple as the mill worker. As the elders look between themselves, and then the one in the middle turns outward and looks at you, collected in front of them, they raise a hand, gesturing out, palm upward toward you, and say in this same very strange psychic interaction, you have all trespassed upon the shrouded aisles of your own volition. There are few who do such, and fewer still who leave without experiencing a kind of change, a kind of death. Decide now, then, denizens of the ethereal Egadon. Stay, and accept death, or leave, and return to your old lives, with no memory of this place 